Rob Roy by Sir Walter Scott Dramatised in three parts by Judith Adams Episode 3 Helen McGregor Soldiers, you must be let go! Corporal, silence those damned women! What's going on here? Who's that man? This is Sir Highlander, one of McGregor's pack, no doubt. Caught him slinking round those kennels, they call out. Train your muskets on those women! Silence, I say! Now, you dog, what's your business here? She was just come to see what the honour and the fine gentlemen redcoats were having down at Tuckloughan for the breaking of fasts. Strike him. Oh! She has no place been stricken like a bitch dog. She has done nothing to your honours. What's your business here? Are you acquainted with the outlaw and renegade Robert Campbell McGregor, known as Rob Roy? Speak, man, unless you want a musket ball. We have no time to waste. She cannot quite record. Strike him. Oh, what's going oh. on here, That's all night, man. What? Do you quite recall now? What's going on out there, Bailey? It's not our right to see mercy on us. They had grip at the poor creature Dougal. Crabs, boy, that let us get poor Owen out of jail. Dougal! <laughs> Master Billy Jarvis, sir. She hasn't a cause to do them to be misguided for, sir. Captain, I will put him on bail. Sufficient bail for that Dougal creature. Thank you, Bailey. You've just told me what I want to know. He's one of Rob Roy's renegades. Well, boy, do you have anything to say before I hang you? <laughs> there are no laws out here, sir. I have offered bail. Laws, sir? There are my laws, sir. Remember, you are already my prisoner and under deep suspicion. We are prisoners, Captain, but still subjects of the King, I think, with rights and laws to defend our persons. Dougal, too, I hope. I take it to witness, Mr. Osbaldiston, that he has refused sufficient bail. Go within, gentlemen. This does not concern you. Continue with the questioning. It is my opinion that the creature Corporal, Dougal will have a good action of wrongous imprisonment and damages against him under Act 1701, and I'll see and this outrage rated so I will. I now, will. Mr. Javi, that's civil law. Maybe the military... Oh, six months. Oh, <laughs> this week I name here. I parted with Rob the Skrika D. Damn military law, call you this? Captain, this is brutality. It is a Highland curse, sir, with as much feeling as a stone. I and a musky butt would make a stain to cry it. Have some decency, sir, and hold your hand. Very well. Dougal, is it? Dougal, see that tree? That's where you will swing before the sun rises another hand in the heavens if you don't inform me of your master's whereabouts and of his plans and say how many rogues a scoundrel had with him when you left him. Dougal! Because you cannot quite be sure of that. Drag him to the tree. <laughs> how many men, say you? <laughs> no, I put six rogues and I was gone. Six? Nonsense. Put the rope around his neck. Ah, they were gone, you know. I swear, the rest were up against the Western cars. Against the Western clans? That's like enough true, Captain. You know they are hunting Rob, you English, and ready to make war with poor well. Let him go now, Captain, I beg you. Not now the dog is whining our way. So, Dougal, why are you down here? <laughs> to see what... Get out of... Let them take the rope from her neck. Remove the rope. Bring him here. Dougal, what could she do, sir? Well? You shall come to see what the gentleman redcoats were doing down here at the clock. He'll prove false-hearted after all. Glad I am I didn't put myself to expense for him. So now, my friend, we understand each other. You know that as a self-confessed spy, the law says I can string you to that tree and watch you kick. <laughs> but come, 
If you will do me one good turn, I will do you another. You shall carry me and a small party, just in the way of kindness, to the place where you left your master, Rob Roy. For I wish to speak a few words with him on serious oh, affairs. Oh, do not do, Dougal, I beg you! And I'll let you go about your own business, with five guineas to boot. Blood money, Dougal! Oh, I cannot do that! I cannot do that! She'd rather be hanged! Hanged than you shall be, my friend! Corporal Cramp, away with him! Ah! Captain, this is cold-blooded murder! Ah, gentlemen, gentlemen, stops! Stops! She do us honest meetings! Stops! <laughs> Come close, Captain, and uh, let me whisper to you, for the bailiff's looking fierce. A war with the creature! He deserves hanging mere now than ever! A war with him, Corporal! Why, why didn't you attack him a war? Well, if you was going to be hanged yourself, Bailey, would you be in such a damn hurry, eh? <laughs> That's it. And, and you'll ask her to gang nay further than to show you where the Machrieger is, eh? You have my word, Mr Dougal. Corporal, make the men fall in and get these prisoner gentlemen's horses. I sir, this is no business of ours. Your young friend has been a postman for the Campbell already. We must carry you with us. I can't spare men to guard you here. Captain, fall in! Captain, captain, uh, to five guineas. That creature is more than a judge than Francis. Oh, that filthy lucre again slew mere men's souls than the naked sword. Money is my father's business, Mr Jarvie, and yours in a way. I will. There are honest men, Francis, and there are traitors. Forward, Chope! Andrew, mount up! Uh, not that my foolish advice, and we gang into Rob Roy's country to a likely meeting with the maker. Cheer up, man. It's a fine crisp morning to die. In your native land, too. Look how the morning sun sets the valley on fire. Listen, listen. Oh, good lord. Andrew. Pale as death, man. What is it they're saying? Seeing, sir. Seeing the healing savages are cussing and banning the redcoats. Sick grace and wishes, sir. The wives are saying they will see us slaughtered like sheep and wish they will soon lap up their hands to the elbows in our precious blood, sir. Worse, they bid us gang up the loch, sir, and see what we land in. Heavy heart, Francis. The women of Aberfoyle are like the scarts and seamores on the isle cliffs, and their foul weather follows their skirling. It's a tight place, this bank. To be sent up to see an outlaw's band, I'm thinking. Rush everywhere to hide a foe, and with a stream getting wilder. Their numbers will soon have no advantage over four men with four sticks standing their ground. Hey, soldiers, poor things. Quite took for the garrison at the bodies bidded on no cause of their own. I fear this is a trap, Mr. Javi. I think you are wrong about Dougal. He's leading us like lambs to his master for slaughter. I hope, Francis, I am wrong about the Dougal. And there's honesty yet at him. Still, I'm on tell the captain how we think the matter is. Captain, it's not a fleet only favourite of you for a scornet. But being a friend to King George, I take the liberty to ask. Don't you think there's a better time to gang up this wee glen? Rab, if he bides at the other end of this, likely has half a hundred men at his weakest. Do not take me for a complete fool, sir. I have intelligence which backs up the spy's story. Rob Roy found himself surrounded on all sides yesterday and dismissed the greater part of his followers with the purpose to lie concealed or escape through such a pass as this with a mere handful of men. Galbraith's militia are 300 strong. Guard the other side of the glen. We are trapping the fox. Fox is not a threat to us. 
There's more brandy than brains in Galbraith, I'm thinking, Captain. And I wouldn't arrest my dependence on Heelandman to fetch in, Rab. Hawks when they pay good hawks in a hunt. Though they quarrel among themselves in the perch. Mind that, Captain. Corporal, are those friendly bagpipes to our rear? The rear guard's not returned from reconnoitre, sir. Corporal, tighten the line. Smart up there, boys. Three falls, servants, steady pace. Fixed bayonets. Fixed bayonets. Be alert. You, Dougal, calf. This is a dangerous route you're taking us. Ah, she didn't mark the road, sir. Gentlemen's run road, she should have pied at glass. If you deceive me, dog, you'll die for it. If gentlemen seek the red grickle, to be sure you cannot find her without some weed. Keep him close, with a rifle barrel in his back. Be vigilant. March. Look, Mr Jarvie. There's a sheet of water between the trees. A loch, to be sure. And we mun pass its banks under yon giant shaft. What? <laughs> Another place of fairies, Mr Jarvie. Aye, lad. When you she. Ah, men of peace. What is that? Stand! What do you seek in MacGregor's country? It's the Grey Mare. It's Helen Campbell. Rob Roy's wife. This Amazon. Silence your moaning, Andrew. Broken Pete's still be now. What seek you here where you have no place? We seek the outlaw, Rob Roy Campbell MacGregor, and make no war on women. Ha! Do you not? Therefore offer no vain opposition to the King's troops. And assure yourself of civil treatment. Civil treatment? I am no stranger to your civil treatment. You have left me and mine neither house nor hold, blanket nor bedding, cattle to feed us nor flocks to clothe us. And me, myself, you have left me with no name or honour, so that my own mother's bones will sink aside in their grave where they shall lay me beside them. Your civil treatment's taken all from us, all! And now you think you'd come for our lives? I seek no man's life. Lying car! I only execute orders. If you are alone, good woman, stand aside. If not, the blood of those behind you be on their own heads. Move forward, corporal. Forward, march! There's armor, boys, for Rob Roy's head and the person of death. Regroup! Regroup! Grenadiers to the front! Look to your own safety, gentlemen. Open your pouches. Handle your grenades! Francis, this way, boy. Quickly, does it. Blow your matches! Where's Andrew? The rat has already run. Come! Follow! She would leave the knacks and gang that way, your honor. Dougal! And gang that way! Climb, Bailey. Climb to safety. Ah, uh, Matty saw me now. Ah, uh, Matty. Was I made to hike this body up a mountain? Ah! Uh, oh. Good God, save me, Frank! Frank! Andrew! Turn and help us! Dougal! Wait! Mr. Jarvie has fallen at 20! Sweet heaven! Diana! Di Vernon! Remember me! Look up, Seth! Is she harmed? Dougal! No, no, I wasn't hit. I thought. What's happening? I must save the gentlemen! Come to, your honour! Andrew! Stop capering on that rock and come and help the Bailey! You'll be shot like a target up there anyway! <laughs> they say our friends stuck it closer than my brother, Mr. Esbaldiston. You left me to be shot between Redwood Islanders and Redcoats. And next to lie in the dust like an old potato bogle with a twisted fit. I'm so sorry, Mr. Jobby. There was nothing I could do till now. Many hands. This is knee left work. Put a hand on Andrew's shoulder and mine, Bailey. Gentlemen, we must gang to the Krikerach, lady. Helen? Well, even Rab's afraid of his own wife in peaceable times. And look at the blood in her hands and in her hair today. Why should we gang to her? Ah, now we man gang. 
Sydney a gentle body a true, but she holds the lives of you gentlemen in her gripping, and I must speak for you now. Lose you and make my master angry. Come, hook it. Dougal! Bailey, she is like a Boudicca, like a Judith. That's my main fear. Who are our prisoners? <coughs> ah, madam. I am very grateful to have this joyful opportunity, this joyful occasion to wish my kinsman Robert's wife a very good morning. Mm. How's all with you, kinswoman? This lang time? Well, well. Here's one who has the tongue and the habit of the hounds he came with and now seeks to lie down with a deer. I don't know oh, if, if the kindred has ever been well read out to you yet, cousin. My mother, Elspeth McFarlane, was the wife of my father, Deacon Nicol Jarvie. Peace be with him. Dougal, Alan, Elspeth, bind these two Sassanach's neck and heel together and throw them in the healing lock to search for their healing king's book. Oh, no, no. You can't do that, mistress. Son of a dog, do you question my commands? Hey, mistress, these are friends of the Greek. I know that to be so. Throw the red court loons into the lock instead. These honest gentlemen came to you by the chief's good will. Cousin... I have been serviceable to Rob here now when he was an honest drover and did none of this unlawful work disturbing the king's peace. Oh, no, Justice! You are my relation if I draw your water and cut your wood and obey the lawmakers who abuse me. Well, we are free now. Free by the very act of rape bestowed on me by your lawmakers and lawkeepers. Ach! This is time wasted. Cut out their tongues and put them in each other's throats and throw them in the water straight. And the redcoats too. Uh, mistress, mistress, I am a high highlander myself and just a servant. Kill them all! Cousin! What's this? This is a different sort of highland army, Mr. Javi. Rifles and pistols instead of clubs and sides. Rob's men and me all. What means this, Alistair? A lamented victory? Uh, Morris! See here, Mr. Jarvie. Wished. Let her forget us, boy. Morris, here. Robert, Hamish, lift your heads up. Where's the MacGregor? Where's your father? Taken, Mother. <coughs> mother. And you left to say so. Sons are you? Not sons of mine or the MacGregor. Coward dogs. Did I nurse you for this? That you should see him taken prisoner and that you should come back to tell me of it? Mother, Godbrace militia men took him to Monteith. It's strong. You mix up words. So we have drawn back to gather enough men to break its walls one way or another and to draw you and to command the battle or to command whatever else it is you think we must do or, or die of in the doing. And we bring you this animal. I call him animal because he has eaten all his words in terror, you can. What is it? Has Borgeson sent him to call father to a tryst? Father made us keep him hostage with us. He must have had suspicions. But the hostage proved as worthless as you see. Father was betrayed by his bodice into the cargill brave. And this empty, whining purse here is all we have left to bargain with. Do you have words, man, or only grunts? Rashley! Rashley betrayed your chief! Rashley was bodice! I am innocent! I am innocent, sweet lady, of anything but love for your brave man! Let me live! Silence! Robert! Mother? This is a base dog who wants 
to live like a butcher's cur and garbage while the best are slaughtered around him. Aye, but... Cousin, this Morris man, isn't he? We must teach him a lesson. Remove him from that paltry unit of life he has so strongly pleaded for. But mercy, he's a subject to the crown, cousin. Angus and Martin, tie a stone around his fat neck and throw him on the rock. I want to hear the splash before that cloud. There, that one passes across the sun. Morris. Mr. Osbaldiston, Mr. Osbaldiston, save me, save me! Hatchin, 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 Kinswoman, I take up my protest at this act as a bloody and cruel murder and a cursed deed, and God will avenge. Will he so? And never avenge me and mine. It's a lowland god, then, with a grand house in Glasgow. And I fear him as much as I fear you. And I see you do not fear to follow the man into the water. Nay, man would willingly cut short his threads. Poor Matty would be an orphan. And I he muckle to do, and you spare me in this world. And were I to set you at liberty, what would you say, busyness man, about the drowning of that Saxon dog? I... I, I should... Study to see as little as might be, least said as soon as mended. But in court, Bailey. I see where you're driving me. <clears throat> Very well. Nickel Jarvie can wink as hard at a friend's failing as anybody. But if I was brought to it in the courts, mine's near the tongue to belie my foot. And sooner than say yonder poor wretch was lawfully slaughtered, I would consent to be laid beside him. And you... The deep dog called you as Baldiston. That is my name. Rashley, then, is your Christian name? No, Francis. But you know Rashley. He is my kinsman and my enemy. Last I saw your husband, madam, he parted Rashley and me in a duel. No more! Your history's nothing to me. Except it seems under such a name, you can go for us to Goldblaith and his party and carry a message. If you protect my friend and my servant in my absence, madam, I will undertake your embassy. And go gladly to help Robert Campbell, who has so often helped me, and invited myself and the good Bailey here to... Boys! Hamish! Robert! You may read your father for good and ill in this young Saxon's speeches. He never exchanges the wise bonnet and sword and tartan for the broadcloth, but he runs himself into the miserable intrigues of the Lowlanders and becomes the tool, the agent, the slave... And their benefactor, madam. The emptiest title of all. Enough. Hamish! Guide the Saxon to the enemy outpost and send him in to deliver this message. Helen MacGregor greets the foreign invaders and the traitors to their nation and says, if they injure a hair of MacGregor's head, if they do not set him at liberty within 12 hours, in all Lennox there shall not be a lady left who is not keening, not a farmer's byre not burning, not a laird's head laid on a pillow that will lift in the morning. Furthermore, she will send this Glasgow Bailey and this Saxon captain and all the rest to them, bundled in a plate and cut into as many pieces as her checks and a tartan. Go, Saxon, and take your servant with you. The Bailey stays here. And have you reason to believe, sir, this female savage will carry out her barbaric threats? Every reason, sir. I saw her in action. Hot-bloodied and cold-bloodied action, sir. Both alike murderous. Galbraith? Aye, it's true, Your Grace. She's a terror we all fear. Even Rob himself. Even so, Mr. Osbaldiston. 
You may return and inform those who sent you that I shall certainly cause Rob Roy to be hanged by break of day as an outlaw taken in arms. And should they harm a hair of the unfortunate gentleman in their power, the very stones of their glens shall sing woe for an hundred years to come. I think, sir, what with your woe and their woe, I'm likely to be grounded to dust between these messages. Send your servant, then. Oh, no, no. And he'll be in my feet if I gang my tea's length back to the Gorgon's Glen. No, no. Nemeer, Elkin from sale, and God for us no, all. No, 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 Andrew. No one will send you against your will. Sir, if you kill Rob Roy, your men and my friend will surely die, and many other innocents of this country. It's a hard case, but I know my duty to my king. I tell you, Your Grace, that Rob may be a kittle neighbour, but there are ways sometimes of making him hear reason. Whereas his wife, sir, and sons are like the wolf and her cubs, and will plague our country unchecked without him. Pooh! Take from the wasp's head, and he but stings once and dies, Galbraith. Yet you seem to hesitate even so, Your Grace. I propose to retreat to the house of Ducray and keep watch until the morning's execution. Bring out the prisoner. Mr. Osbaldiston, I'm glad I'm to see you, sir, at last. Though name Mickle glad to entertain you in such a war. And I'm glad to see you, Mr. Campbell, though I would hardly have recognised you out of lowland dress. Ah, the kind should dress as the kind are. Red kind and kilted for the hills of hame, eh? Well, I take it, my Lord Duke, it's time to die. We execute you in the morning, Campbell, at Ducray by due process of law. Meanwhile, you will send a message to your good wife and her family of crows not to harm the men in their trust. Well, you speak of trust, do you? Well, you've taken the head from a house and there's misrule. What do you expect, man? Mr. Osbaldiston, is my kinsman the Bailey safe? I ken there's been some paking in the glen. He is hostage to your wife, sir, as are many soldiers. Well, so he, he man come by any scathe. Now, is there anybody here would do a good deed for MacGregor? Though his hands that might repay be belted together. I'll do your will, MacGregor. I'll gang up the glen, if the Duke be willing. Take his message. Come here, friend. I myself shall escort the prisoner. Mr. Osbaldiston, will you come with us and see the business through? No, sir. I do, my friend. There should be muckle entertainment at my taking off. You there. What's your name? You and sir, of Briglands. Well, you and of Briglands. Strap the prisoner with belts to your person and take him up behind you on your horse. Your life is forfeit if he escape. Understand me, Ewan? Aye, sir. A fully Kenyan being. Right alongside us, Frank, that we may talk through my last morning on this earth. So, Mr. Osbaldiston, how do you like the lands over your borders? Wild, sir. I have found them primitive and vicious and terrible and... And? Beautiful, Mr. Campbell. <laughs> Aye. It's a broad place to live and a broad place to die. Eh, hey, Ewan? Your own native land. Oh, Ewan will not speak to me, Francis. For he has his orders from the Duke and rides for King George today. Eh, hey, Ewan? And the buckle of the belt that joins us is in his reach, but nay mine. Eh, hey, Ewan? So all is safe. I'll ask you, Mr. Osbaldiston, in my own glen, to call me by my own name, MacGregor, prescribe though it is, as this is the last day I may hear it. Eh, hey, Ewan? Signal fire then over the ford! Beware of deep water! But your father, Ewan, you carried an old friend to the shambles like a calf for all the dukes in Christendom, I wonder. Next man! And, Ewan, when the MacGregors come down the glen, Helen and Hamish and Robert at their head, and you come home, 
and find empty folds and a bloody hearth stain and the fire flashing out between the rafters of your house, will you be thinking then, you, that were your old friend robbed to the floor, you might have held that safe, which it will make your heart sair to lose, I wonder. And should you be musing then, why Ewan of Briglands, whom Robe MacGregor has helped with hand, sword and purse, should have minded a frown from a great man, near their friend's life, I wonder. Bring over the prisoner! Mr Osborne, sir! Wait on the bank, sir! One at a time! Not yet, sir! Not yet! Never lay a MacGregor's blood against a broken whang of leather, Ewan. Swim for your life, MacGregor, then! If you can, and take mine with you. Sir! Sir! The press now! Shoot the escort! Oh, Gentlemen, a hundred guineas for Obroy! Use your bayonets in the river! Over here! Over here! Escape, dogs! And the bonny ivy tree. The oak and the ash and the bonny ivy tree. They flourish best at home in the North Country. Ah! Oh, greetings, gentlemen. The moon is frosty bright, is it not? A bonny night, I think. You do not seem alarmed as a man should be by the approach of two horsemen in such a wild place, sir. Oh, no, sir. I've supped full of horrors and my heart feels light as a feather. Do what you will. Whether so late? Supper and bed at the Clachan of Aberfoyle, if you choose not to rob or kill me. Are the passes open? Oh, I don't know. I'll see when I get there. But since you're English by your accent, sir, I advise you to turn back till daylight. There's been some skirling in this neighbourhood, and it's not perfectly safe for strangers. And so you sing and whistle lustily and never guard your back? Aye, sir. I have little left to lose and only want my supper. It's a blessed state. The soldiers had the worst, did they not? They had indeed. I was the unwilling spectator of an officer's party being destroyed and a government man being flung in the lock after the skirmish. You did not fight then? Not in someone else's quarrel. I was detained already at His Majesty's pleasure for being someone I was not. Who should you have been? Poor sir. What is your name? I don't know, sir, why I should tell you that or answer so many questions from a stranger. Francis Osbaldiston. Good God. Speak again. You shouldn't whistle and sing your favourite airs, Frank, if you don't wish your friends to find you out. Diana, Miss Vernon, what... Is a tender lass like me doing on such a spot, at such an hour, in a lawless place and in man's attire? What shall I say? Needs must. It's so very good to see you, Frank. Diana, give your cousin his property, and let us not spend time where there is danger. Uh, my property? Your father's papers, Frank. My... Who is that man, Diana? Shh. Here is our business, Frank. You see, my dear cuz, I was born to be your better angel. Rushley has been compelled by larger souls to give up the bills stolen from your father. Take them all. Diana, we are distant from safety, and the evening waxes late. I am coming, sir. I'm Diana. coming. I haven't yet given him the packet. Here it is, Frank. And a kiss, too. Give me your cheek. Where we go, dear cuz, you may not follow. <laughs> farewell, my dear, farewell. Be happy. Diana!
right, Mr. Osbaldiston. We've met at the Murkow before now, I think. Mr. Campbell. Uh, Robert MacGregor, as I said, in my native soil. How did... Came I here, sir? By securing your release and following you and watching those you met. Now, a friend must cast an eye on a friend, I think, in such streets. I was so glad, sir, of your escape. Ah. <laughs> well, my peril and yours was maybe less than you thought, sir, for all it looked grim, being a stranger to our country. Of those that were summoned to take me and keep me and catch me swimming in the river, or you running in the wood, there was a moiety, as Cousin Jarvie calls it, that had nay will I should be either tain or keep it fast or retain, or their only friend of mine be hindered, and of t'other moiety, there was I half afeard of me. So, sir, in Nichols' phrase, the mathematics are that only the fourth part of fifty men were again us. One bullet's enough, I should think. Mm, then I ken that. And now, you see, I have my musket and broadsword to take to the clachin, which... Dougal tells me it's more than Cousin Jarvie needed to quell a riot there. It's true. He burned his adversary's plaid with the poker and was pronounced <laughs> champion in the list. Ah, <laughs> uh, let Glasgow flourish when it has such souls as his, eh? Although Cousin Jarvie shows signs of my ain healing blood, I think. <clears throat> now, but I'm so sorry, boy, I couldn't get to you at Aberfoyle. And sorry I still they found my note on you. You'll have seen the net they spread for me. They use healingman against healingman. One day... Maybe not so far away, we may all stand shoulder to shoulder. Uh, it seems you already do, sir, when needs must. Oh, aye, there's honour there when the blood stirs, even where the English think it's been bought in cold coin. So, tell me, wh what chanced when Thornton found you at the clachin? He believed us to be a young and old person he had orders to secure. <laughs> ah, the buzzards mistook my friend the Bailey for his excellency, and you for Diana Vernon. Ah, it's wonderful. Miss Vernon, does she still bear that name? <clears throat> Had not that gentleman authority over her? Oh, aye, for sure. Authority over her, and full time. For she's a daft hempy, though she's a metal queen, too. Ah, but go on with your story. Francis? We marched up the valley, and your wife accosted us from a cliff, and the soldiers laid on, and... And? Many were killed on our side. The king's side, that is. Oh, the king's soldiers picked her out by, by old carls past fighting and bairns and wives with the rocks and distaffs and Dougal Gregor that ne'er had a better covering than his ain shaggy hassock of hair. Ah, oh, there is no glad in the heart. Oh, what more? I dread what comes next, boy. My Helen's an incarnate devil when her blood's up. Poor thing. We have our muckle reason, so I cannot chastise her for it. We were threatened with rocks and drowning while the good Bailey read her his genealogy. Oh, I would rather than a thousand marks I had been at home. So sorry am I for this mistreatment of kin and friends, Mr. Osbaldiston. Yet it was your own kin withheld me. The traitors Rashley and his familiar Morris. Did Dougal not plead for it? Oh, most handsomely and bravely, but she was implacable. Rashley will pay when I meet him again. And Morris must pay a handsome sum to us now for his liberty. Morris has paid the last ransom mortal man can owe, Mr. McGregor. Eh? What's this you're telling me? Your wife had been about to throw us in the lock. Go on, man. She had him thrown instead, with a rock around his neck, from the high ledge we stood on in cold blood. Damnation. Such a deed could make one forswear kin, clan, country, wife and bairns. And yet the villain wrought long for it, eh? It was choking, after all, and that's the doom he ettled for the MacGregor, eh? And what's the difference between wassailing below the water with a stain about your neck and wavering in the wind with a tether runnet, eh? Tell me. 
I could have wished they'd put a ball through him, though, or a dirk. But every white has his own weird and Mundi when his day comes. And nobody will deny my Helen has cause today as she does. No more of that. Let's walk on to sup. It grows dark. Now, Francis, was it your father's papers I saw Diana gift to you? I was sure you would get them, sooner sign. His Excellency has foregathered with Rashley sooner than expected, however. Who is this Excellency? What is his rank and proper name? Well, if you know not that already, I shall say nothing on that score. Well, if he is hunted, he must be a Jacobite. And if Diana is here with him, it must have been him I saw and heard so often at the hall. And there must now be something afoot in Scotland to bring him here. Something you and Rashley are part of, perhaps. Reasoned like a true solicitor. And my father's papers, his wealth, were to be used in aid of that something. So why is it... Why is it you have the precious documents in hand? Well, let's see. Friendship is a word, Mr. Osbaldiston. And I, more than that. As is enmity. Rashley stole the other papers then from Morris and let me take the blame. Rashley and I were the highwaymen, yes. He in his own cause, me in another's. But remember, Di and myself fished you from the claws of justice under the Morris man's nose, eh? <laughs> How many a laugh that job's gained me. How is it Miss Vernon had such influence over you and Rashley? Secrets, Francis. Secrets. They'll tack him that gives women either secret to keep or power to abuse, eh? Oh, women, Francis. Women or another thing altogether. But here's the clacking. Will you may drink tonight with the Gregorach and fear nae harm. Come in. You'll find friends ahead of you, I think. Ah, Mr. Jarvie, Andrew. Right. As you see. Oh, cousin, welcome. I'm glad I am to see you warm and feeding, that you may taste at last of MacGregor's true hospitality. And he may ask your forgiveness for harshness he had no power to countermand. I am pretty weel, kinsman, and different weel, I thank you, my ankle mends. And I am blithe that you and the boy have got out from the hands of your oh, unfriends. Come, come, let's not drink a cup of brandy. The world will last to your day, gentlemen. Huh? You too, Andrew. Here's what's in health to you, Rob, and to my cousin Helen, and to your twa hopeful lads, of whom mere anon. And to my father's rescue, Mr. Jarvie, for here, I have his document safe, see? Then the quest is done, and me nega him. For, for myself, sirs, I will gang nowhere with you as masters. Eh? Forgive me, sir, for you have tried your best, but under a fair service will gang his own way hereafter, and find a coat and a garden and pipe potatoes. Eh? Nay doot we a remuneration from ye, well earned, but danger and dismay. Ye deserve nae mere than a whip behind the ear, you cowardly... I'll pay you off, Andrew. In <laughs> fairness, Bailey. Drink up now. Cousin, you're breeding up your family to gang an Ilgate, for by the reception of your Helen was muckle on the north side of Friendly, and I hear this to say about your wife... Say nothing of her, kinsman. Of me, you're welcome to say your full pleasure. Ah, will, ah, will, but... But, but, but here are your two sons, Hamish and Robert, who can neither read nor sign. What the deal was I to get them a teacher? Would you he had me put in the gate of your divinity hall at Glasgow College, wanted a tutor for Rob Roy's bairns? Nah, kinsman, but, but I have been thinking I would blithely take them as prentices at the loom, as I began myself, and my father the deacon afore me... Ah, make me the jowl, my son's weavers, eh? I would see every loom in Glasgow, beam, traddles and shuttles, burnt in hellfire sooner. But you see... And, uh, hush, Mr Jarvie, uh, let us change topics. Mr McGregor, more brandy, sir. Ah, you mean well. So give me your hand, Nicolan. If ever I put my son's apprentice, I'll give you the refusal of them. 
And now, we all have our cups charged, eh? Andrew has his freedom. Francis has his father's property. And here, Nicol, here is your thousand pounds which I promised you, should you gang up my glen. Couldn't you? Hell God gear near prosper. There might be blood on oh, it. It's good French. Gold. Ask Mr. Osbaldiston. Mm. You've come by it honestly in payment of a just debt. And if it came from one king, you may give it to the other and serve to weaken King James. But God knows he has hands and hearts enough, but I doubt not that he wants the seller. He'll not get money Highlanders then, Rob. Nor Lowlanders neither. Take it, man. Very well. And thank you. And here's the note of bond. Uh, which goes in the fire, cousin. That's a healing settlement of accounts. The time is coming that the whole land will be aflame, and friends might be brought into trouble for dealing with me. Ah, cousin, civil wars are cockatrice. We have sat in the egg that held it for ten years, and might sit on it ten years more. No, no, friend. The like of Rashley with his plots has chipped the shell. And soon, out bangs the wonder among us and cries to fire and sword. The kiln's on fire, the kiln's on fire, the, the kiln's on fire, fire. she's all in a blaze. Oh, we're children of the mist, my friends. And children of the mist have a right to drink brandy from morning till night. But Mr. McGregor, you could escape to France, where... Well, you not save yourself or family, Rob? Oh, come... You're kind-hearted and honourable men both. But the heather that I have trod upon when living must bloom over me when I'm dead. My heart would sink and wither like fern in the frost were I to lose sight of my native hills. And Helen, did she not make a lament herself when they took her souls and land from us so piteously sad that our hearts broke when we sat and listened to her? Oh, let it come, man. Let it come. You never saw dull weather clear without a shower. And if the world is turned upside down, why, honest men have a better chance to cut bread out of it. But this is our road, me and mine. Yours is to rest. And tomorrow, gang your Loch Lomond to your homes and your ain loved ones. Mr. Francis, wait for service. Oh, Andrew, you rogue! Tread in the middle, man. Tread in the middle. Oh, well, I'll be gawping with a pike in the reeds, damn you. I thought you were for staying in your native highlands, Andrew. Aye, that was before the news of wars and burnings and lions under the heather blooms. Come you not vulgar, sir, and I'll do that for me, man. Least all that damn paper's Jimmy's joke. I'm thinking, if I were a Romish man, I could consent to live and die a lonely hermit in one of those beautiful islands, Mr. Javi. So sad it feels, and so beautiful it is, this place. I'm calculating the possibility of draining the lower half of this sword large lake and putting it to plough and harrow to bring good to money a hundred busy hands where there was only a handful of perch before. And you, Sir Dougal, you're a kindly creature. And I'm thinking that if you will gang back to Glasgow, yes, being a strong-backed creature, you might be employed in the warehouse till something better, said Castle. Muckle obliged to the Baileys on it, but the deal'll be in a sacks when she gangs on a causeway street. 
Ah, here you are, gentlemen. Need be horses waiting. God speed you are here. This gold is for you, Dougal. Oh, the dear it is. Ah, oh, she's thanking you, sirs. Thanking you. Ah, look, look, you and the boat she has given me. Ah, would you look at that? Ah, it is like a me. I have what I came for. And I may return with a lighter step to London and my father's restitution. But, Mr. Jarvie, my heart's heavy to leave this place and these friends. You're a young gentleman and an Englishman and a poet. But for me, I'm a plain man. I wouldn't give the finest sight we have seen in the Highlands for the first kick of the gorbals. And thence there, in the company of my matty, who, in despite of any mockery, I now intend to promote to Mrs Jarvie, <laughs> if she will hear an old man. And it must be recalled that Matty is no ordinary Lassock Queen, being akin to the Lair the Limmerfield. <laughs> well, when I am there, begging your pardon, Mr Francis, it shouldn't be every fool's errand that should take me out of the sight of St Mungo's steeple again. Come in. Ah, Frank, my dear boy. Good of you to leave your desk so briskly. Owen says you have fresh news from the north, sir. I have. Concerning the business, sir? Concerning the business, Frank, and our family, and you. Sit down. Uh, this letter is from Esquire Inglewood, who says he met you once. He did, and did me a good turn. But uh, I... He acts for the family now. Your uncle, Frank, has died a broken man, his sons having been lost to the cause. I'm sorry, sir. Which of his sons did he lose? All of them, Frank. All? All but Rashley. Rashley? Oh, he lives, dishonoured and disinherited, as a traitor to the Stuart cause. Inglewood writes that a new will and settlement names another as heir to the Northumberland inheritance. Mm. You, Francis. Me? Hmm? Master of Osbaldiston Hall. What would you like me to do in this matter, sir? Ride north again, Frank, with fair service in attendance and take possession of my father's ancestral house. But if I... You to... will say I have always repudiated that connection, Francis. I will say in my defence it was a connection wrested from me when I disagreed with my own father. What is more, however, that rogue Rashley, now Sir Rashley, having failed to wreck all your hopes and mine, is in a position as a turncoat to King George to contest the new will and claim your inheritance as his. This Inglewood communicates to me and asks what we would do. Contest or accede? Rashley. Mm. What are you thinking, Frank? That with Rashley alive, the game is never done. Francis, you go in the name of law and inheritance, not in that of hatred and vengeance. Remember, that is Rashley's way, and he has never yet triumphed over us. I shall go at once. Sir. My boy? Does Inglewood mention the fate of Diana Vernon, my uncle's ward? Uh, no, Frank. Father, it may be some time until we meet to discuss these things again. And so I must tell you that while I'm in the North, should I meet with Miss Vernon, and should she still prove to be Miss Vernon, and now liberated by the ending of rebellion from certain obligations upon her honour, I would like, with your permission, to propose marriage. To, to Miss Vernon? If she will have me. What are those obligations upon her honour, Frank, that you refer to so mysteriously? Sir, I am not entirely sure. 
I can only say she behaved honourably always to myself and assisted in the recovery of your papers and that I would trust her with my life and that I hope you will trust me with my own future happiness. Well, Frank, I little thought a son of mine should become Lord of Osbaldiston Manor, far less that he should go north to the Papists and Jacobites for a wife. But you have worked these several months at the desk to please me. It is but fair you should wive to please yourself. Thank you, Father. Told him to lay a fire in the old library, Mr. Osbaldiston. Uh, Frank, as you'd like to say. And to lay on some burgundy. Good cellars you shall inherit, eh? Can I pour you a glass? Oh, thank you. Mm. So very strange to be here again. Yeah. And in this room. Yeah, Di's room, eh? Rapunzel. Huh? Ah, uh. What a blasted waste is there, eh? If I'd only been a younger man, I might have thrown my hat in the ring when poor old Thorny passed away. And His Excellency? Excellency, pooh. Plain Sir Frederick Vernon will do now, I think. I assume my heather blossom is now shaved and on her knees. Such a waste of meddlesome womanhood, eh? But she always did as she was told, Diana, when it came to her father. So, Father Vaughan, the Catholic priest, was his disguise. Mm -hmm. Who knew Diana's father was hiding here? Well, myself, the old squire, Diana, and... Uh... Rashley. Uh. That was the hold he had upon her. Well, in those days, young Rashley styled himself a Jacobite, so she had a hold upon him too, and used it for your sake, it seems, more than once. Come, offer thee a bumper now to our dear lost Di. Has Rashley been to see you? Ah, Rashley. So Rashley's out for blood, you know. She made him give up your father's documents. Then she rejected him, so he changed his opinions and has tried to sell Diana and old Vernon many times to government agencies. And now you've come to his hall. Mm -hmm. uh, but I must go home. Leave you to settle in. At your leisure, sir, in the morning. Come over and let us discuss affairs, eh? Thank you, Inglewood. Ah, Andrew, take the squire downstairs and fetch his horse. Yes, yes, is the gardener. Come indoors. Good night to you, Mr. Osbaldiston. And uh, be not so melancholy, eh? Safe journey to you, Squire. Andrew, I'll stay in here tonight. Uh, I don't like the look of the grim pictures on these walls, Mr. Francis. I'll bring you a rush light, though, after I've seen this inute that'll deal with only boggles and evil spirits about. <sighs> Diana Vernon. What? what Who's there? Is someone there? Diana? Diana, is it you? Well, don't look down, look up and speak. Father Vaughan. Sir, Sir Frederick, I mean. We are your suppliants, Mr. Osbaldistone. Claiming the refuge and protection of your roof until we can pursue our flight. We have been here some days, hiding in the room behind the arras. Do not betray us. Oh, can you imagine for a moment I am capable of betraying anyone, much less you? We bring you into danger, but... My life presses me hard, and I have no alternative. Bring it in the corals, you can lift them, can you let Leave, eh? leave your fool. What's, what's the matter with you? Look as though you'd seen a ghost. No, 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 it's nothing. But he, he, your was pleased to be all hasty. You disturbed me out of a sound sleep. Go downstairs, Andrew. I sent my father back into concealment, Frank. Oh, Diana. I never thought to see you again. 
We shall trouble you with our presence as short a time as possible. I wish your presence to trouble me all my life. Diana, I would prefer it did so in the real world and not in dreams. Dear friend, your great cause is lost and the world has moved on. We can move on too, perhaps? I will never leave my father. I have something for you, though, Frank. It hasn't left my finger since I was given it at 14. My mother's ring. They will take it from me in France at the convent. Keep it for me, Frank. And always remember me. Always remember our friendship. You, you must at least stay the night. I will give over the library entirely to your... Oh, damnation! Andrew, who is it of this hour, man? No, no, not. Andrew, hold them up as long as you can! Diana, you and your father must leave by the garden stairs and through we the... We know. Come, Diana. Thank you, dear friend. We shall never meet again. I swear we will, Diana Vernon. Diana! Look, save yourself! Leave him, dogs! With this house, or I will use my blunderbuss through the door! Oh, it's the clerk, sir! We're warned to submit! God save George and the king! Damn you, curs! Mister, mister, Ursaid, remember Ursaid! Block the route to the garden. Rashly. Curs. The fox knew his old earth, but he forgot it could be stopped by a careful huntsman, eh, Vernon? And your vixen as well. Hold them all. Detestate. Sir Rashley, if you please, or my lord will do. My gentle cousin Francis, you look full of spleen, sir, but I forgive you. It's hard to lose estate and mistress and liberty all in one night. Ta-ta-ta, <laughs> <laughs> dating and abetting criminals. It's a dangerous offence in wartime, cuz. Treasonable, I believe. Oh, Frank, you've uncorked some of my father's old burgundy. Excellent. A toast to repossession of wine, estate, and maiden, all in one night and all in the name of the lawful heir, Sir Rashley Osbaldiston. Rashley? I pity you. Take them out. Put them in the coach and take them to a place of custody, all three of them! Clear the road there, damn you! King's business! King's business! Clear the road or we shoot your cattle, slash them with your whips, boys! Who dare abuse our cane? Campbell! A rescue! A rescue! Pistols! What? Ashley! Will you not face me man to man and sword to sword? Dismount! And hold yourself like an honest fighter for ends. We're on a level now, MacGregor. Lay on! Will you not look at me? Oh, fear is a terrible thing, Mr. Osbaldiston. And you've tried so many times to kill your own blood this way, Ashley. But you're no at all share. You can kill an old Jacobite acquaintance, are you? Damn you! Here's a scar to take with you to hell, MacGregor. And I think I nicked ye there. Oh, is it your left side, boy? Oh, but I forgot. You cannot side, do you? And you cannot love, do you, Ashley? For that you'd send the Vernon child to prison if she loves another, eh? And you send me to my death and break my Helen's heart twice over, would you, Ashley? Would you? Tack my honour again, would you? And the king's name, MacGregor! <laughs> Now, Rashley Osbaldiston, now you're doing on Mother Earth, and it behoves you, I think, to play the penitent at last. Will you ask forgiveness for the sake of God, King James, and Old Lang Syne? Never. 
Wow. Then, traitor, die in your treason. <laughs> Miss Vernon, Your Excellency, Frank, step forth now. Frank, you have nothing to fear. But I must straight look after those who have and get them to safety. Now bid them farewell. Sir, Godspeed. Diana, a cousinly kiss. My father's power is not eternal. We will meet again. I swear it to you by your mother's ring, and so briefly bid you farewell, my dearest friend. Mind your horses, and let's all. Farewell! And forget not the McGregor! Where's Rashley? In the coach, sir. We put him in the coach on the floor, but, but it's filled up with blood, sir. Don't go in there. No, I must. Fetch a surgeon. He can't be moved. Don't torment me. I'm a dying man. I want no assistance. Least of all, sweet cousin Francis from you. Draw near, cousin. Draw near to me. I want you. I want you to know. The pangs of death don't alter one iota my feelings towards you. I hate you, Frank. Hate you with a hatred so intense. Now, while I lie bleeding and dying at your feet, as though my foot were on your neck. I gave you no cause. Every cause. Cause in love, cause in ambition, in all paths of interest. You crossed and blighted me at every turn. Me, born to be the honour of my father's house. I've been its disgrace through you. And now you have it all. All that was mine. Take it, and with it, the curse of a dying man, Francis. And my blood is on you. Rashly. Uh, he's, he's gone, sir. Yes. The game is over. Game, sir? Take this away. Hot water. Mr. Francis. Not my blood, Andrew. Here, take the coat and burn it. I want light and paper and ink to write to my father. And a good bottle of wine. Aye, sir. Is it settled, sir? You and the Rashley? Uh, it is, but not by me. Robert MacGregor paid his dues first. I'm glad I didn't have to do it. Mr. Francis. Andrew. Uh, shall we be staying here long, then, sir? Uh, you will stay here a while to keep an eye on my property, Andrew. I shall to London, and then in due course to France. Romists and poets, eh, sir? The Papists saved us many times over, fair service. Uh. Yes, they did. And with that fascist bargain, the lassie Vernon, you'll be hunting in foreign quarters, I'm thinking. And I'm thinking she won't be all coy, neither, her father being old and frail now. Eh, to think she's going to be my mistress after all, and I thought you would ken by now that woman and deer are at the bottom of all the mischief in this world. So the old outlaw sprang the trap again, sir. He did, out of the mist and back into the mist again. The man is like Robin Hood. Everywhere and nowhere. If you want my opinion... I don't. I won't hear a word against him. Towel? Hey, well, there's many things our bad for blessing and our good for banning, and maybe one of them's Rob Roy. Mm. Andrew, open the claret. Mm.
Rob Roy by Sir Walter Scott was dramatised by Judith Adams. Rob Roy was played by Liam Brennan. Rashley by Sean Chapman. Francis by Tom George. Captain Thornton by Richard Greenwood. Andrew by Alec Heggie. Dougal by Tony Kearney. Bailey Jarvie by Gary Lewis. Diana by Vicky Liddell. Helen McGregor by Wendy Seeger. Morris by Simon Tate. The Duke by Gareth Thomas. Mr Vernon by Robert Trotter. Robert McGregor by James Weir. And Galbraith, Mr Osbaldiston and Squire Inglewood by Paul Young. All other parts were played by members of the cast. Rob Roy was directed by Gaynor McFarlane.